Welcome to another week of the Sports Block Podcast. It's coming to you a little later this week. Uh, I've been under the weather, and uh, so Travis Crins, my good friend and co-host, joins me here. Travis, are you feeling okay? Yeah, yeah, we have about six inches or so over the week, two inches there when we talked last, and maybe three and a half, four inches Mitchell received. Two falls only received a couple, so... We it wasn't too bad. Roads were awful. Yeah. And uh, the Sunday night roads were trash. They closed the interstate for a time. Yeah. Or no travel advised. And uh, they opened up, and I went 35 miles per hour for two hours on the interstate. So now, I think. It's, it's, oh, sorry, go ahead. It, it usually takes an hour to get the two balls to Mitchell, but this took two hours. Aye, yeah. 70, 75 miles. So. It was a very good way. Uh, roads will be fine. So this week's been fantastic. Upper 30s. Supposed to be cold next week. 15 degrees for a high. So, uh, yeah, we uh, had a good weather week this week after the storms on Thanksgiving. Now, I think you know, the the storm that came Friday night and Saturday... I think uh, St. Cloud got eight and a half inches or something like that. I think I saw Duluth got lake effects. No, they got you know almost two feet there. Yes. But I think the storm went further north than what they expected. I think they thought it was supposed to trend more northeast. Instead, moved more north because I don't think they were expecting western South Dakota to get hit as much as they did. Were yeah, they? they got a couple feet of snow. They were going to get like a foot of snow. You get up in the mountains, and who the hell knows what happens up there where you get two feet of snow. But yeah, uh, more north you went, the more west you went. Denver, they got a lot of snow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Sioux Falls really wasn't much at all. So yeah. Maybe two, maybe three inches total. Because I was down in Marshall over the weekend, and Marshall was supposed to get like upwards of a yeah. foot of snow, and I think they got three to five inches. So, yeah. something happened. Something happened there. Kello, Kello won this, this battle. It was Kello and the National Weather Service, and the National Weather Service was saying like four to eight inches in uh, Mitchell, uh, and Kello had it three to five. And the one, I, yeah, I, I would say that Kello was more accurate. What, what about well, Sean Cable and KSFY? I don't know. I think they were, I think the National Weather Service seemed to be a bit high, four to eight, or five to ten. Um, everybody else was about yeah, three to five, three to six, which was more accurate. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had, we, I don't know, we had a whole lot to talk about here. You know, the Vikings lose on Monday Night Football. We can get into that. Um, some good college basketball going on. It seems to be a wide open year this year. Uh, hot stove we need to get into, but let's start. You know, we've we've talked about. NFL officiating and how bad it's been this year. And I feel like there was something that happened that we need to discuss, but I can't remember it right now. So let's get to the other sport that's got some officiating controversy going on right now. That would be the NBA. Uh, whether So two things have happened this week. First, the Rockets-Spurs game. The Rockets are protesting because James Harden dunked it and I don't, you know, he dunked it so hard that the ball went through the hoop and then back around. Like, it went through the net and back around, and uh, the officials didn't call it. Mike D'Antoni, or D'Antoni, the Rockets head coach, didn't get his challenge in in time or something like that. 
And the Rockets proceeded to lose to the the Spurs, who are just terrible this year, in double overtime 135-133. Now, it should be noted that the Rockets were up by 15 at this point, like when Harden goes in and dunks it. And for them to protest and say, no, we should have won, like we expect to win, to hell with you, Houston. F you. Just a big old middle finger to you. Screw you, Houston. This is one more reason to hate you and... James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Just to hell with you. To hell with them. To hell with them. I mean, okay, big deal. You know what? Yes, is it a bad miss? Absolutely. The officials, the refs need to see that. But you're up by 13. If you're going to say that that basket was the difference. At some point, by like 20 points, they were up in this game. Right. I don't see why that's relevant, though. I don't care how many points they were ahead, but they lost a big lead and they ended up losing. But, I mean, they made a basket that didn't count, and it should have. Damn it, I thought you'd be on my side with this. Like, like they should have counted the basket, right? Like, if you're the judge and they say, all right, we, the Houston Rockets, feel like we were wronged on this uh, basket here, on this possession. Uh, Our player clearly shot the ball, and it went through the hoop. And by the rules of the game, he should be awarded two points. He was not awarded two points, therefore... Uh, this was a missed call. I mean, I've, I've never seen this. Have you, have you ever seen this? Uh, I've never seen this before. I don't, I don't recall, no. So, I mean, they're in the right here. I don't know if they want to replay the game from that eight-minute mark on. That's, I don't know what they're going to do. But every game, every professional game, you need to have just somebody there, somebody there at the game watching the game. And that person has a button, a whistle, a horn, a light, something. When something goes wrong and something is missed, they push that thing to indicate, hey, stop, stop, stop everything. We need to fix something here because the people on the court got it wrong. Okay. You had LeBron, you're going to mention LeBron next. Yep. He That's fucking traveled and he double dribbled. Yes, he did. Uh, he had a fucking 15,000 people in the crowd. They all thought yep. the three people on the court, who can, or the only three people that can make the decision, I don't know what they were looking at. One of them, I assume one of them has to be looking at LeBron. I would hope so. Um, the man with the ball uh, all by himself at half court. <laughs> Like, somebody needs to be, every game, baseball, I don't, care, I don't care the sport, buzz down and say, stop. You missed this call, you have to fix this. Fully agree, fully agree. Now, if Mike D'Antonio, though, missed his opportunity to challenge the basket, that falls on him because he should know sure. that he's got to challenge it. And again, you can, you can say, yes, I, the Rockets absolutely got screwed. I'm not saying they didn't. But they had a lead, and so you can't just say, oh, that one missed basket was the difference. Cause, and, and I get it that well, they – it, it did because they lost by two in double overtime. I get yeah. that. But you can also look then at all – like how many double dribbles and travel. Like it's it's the yeah. whole two-minute report thing that the NBA sends yeah. out. Like, oh, we you know the refs missed a call here, or they should have called something here and, and didn't. Uh, you know, at the end. So, do you want should should we just replay all of those games because they miss calls in the final two minutes? Like that's the that's the Pandora's box that opens up here. If the if the NBA says, yeah, we need to replay this game from this spot, that's why they can't do it, and they shouldn't do it because it just opens up for all the travels, the double dribbles, the missed calls inside these final two minutes. You'd be replaying games night in and night out. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. 
you're going to miss certain calls just no matter what we do. There's going to be some calls that are missed and that are wrong. Yep. So I'm, I'm concerned about just getting it as accurate as possible. And again, we've never seen anything like this. Like all those other calls that are missed, like they don't, they may take points off the board if in the future, like if you call somebody for a turnover or a foul that's ended up being incorrect, they may have scored on that possession. We don't know, but we do know that they did score on this possession. That directly took points off the board. All these other calls are, yeah, they would have kept the ball. Maybe they would have scored. Maybe they wouldn't. But this one is the most egregious of them all. Absolutely. I, I just care about. I just care about getting it right. Yep. Whether it's a home run or a touchdown or a fumble or a and I, case they dunked. And so I. It's, it's just odd. Like, like we. We need to get these right. It shouldn't be up to the coaches or the players to challenge. Yep. It should be up to the officials to say, yep. hey, we, we messed up on this. Or it needs to be up to the guy, my idea of the guy in the sky, saying, hey, yeah. stop. This was missed. This needs to be changed. Stop the game. Change this play. Or let's get back. Yep. So, and I agree with you on that. But I guess what I'm going with, like, du- travels and double dribbles that are missed is that the like, the example with LeBron last night, he travels and double dribbles, or Wednesday night, I should say. So he, he, that one is so obvious that it's, like, not up for debate. Of, well, did he or didn't he? Right. They missed it. It was... And, but they scored on that possession, if I recall correctly. So sure. that that miss, so and that's why I say you can't overturn this if you're if you're the NBA. Yes, he absolutely scored. The, the officials missed it and everything. But travels and double dribbles often lead to baskets as well. So that because you miss those, that takes that should take points off the board too. So I get it. You know what? This was a very egregious, but you know what? Screw you, Houston. It's probably deserved because James Harden, you're a little. Uh, anyway, um, what, do hate? what do you hate about James Harden? The just, way he plays? I don't know. He's such. He whines way too much. He's just a little. I don't know. It just. He's very very good, but uh, since he's been with Houston, a yeah, he's a flopper. A yeah, what a flopper. A lot of field goals or a lot of free throws. He complains over everything. It's not fun to watch. No. There's a lot of leaning into guys to pick up fouls. Like, he's good at it, and he's going to average 40 points a game. Mm -hmm. Nobody's ever done that besides Will Chamberlain. So, he's found a, I don't know, a flaw in the system. Mm -hmm. Way to score a lot of points. Go to to the free throw line 15 times a game and and shoot about 10 three-pointers, and you're going to score about 40 points. Yep. Yep. So, and that and that LeBron thinks so. Wednesday night, LeBron does the travel and the double dribble. He just complete, he said he had a malfunction. Well, yeah, good job, LeBron. It, it didn't matter because L.A. clobbers Utah. But then at the end of the game, too, some some bench player or whatever gets a block, and LeBron, who had given his shoes to a fan, and that's very nice of him. I'm not going to criticize him for that. He's very good at that. But then he jumps on the court in his socks, like right near the hoop, and he cheered like rah rah rah, yeah yeah yeah. Shut up, LeBron. Just stay on there. Like that. Shouldn't that be warranted of like a technical foul or a suspension or something like that? Like it. He goes overboard with this stuff, and should I don't think you should be leaving the bench area there. And yes, a, a suspension. I think I'm being a little overdramatic when I say that. Yeah, but. But the but he still shouldn't do that, and he should be criticized for it. Like I don't care about it either way. Give him a technical, whatever. Game's done with. 
mop up duty. He's excited for something. You know who else doesn't care? A lot of the country, because ratings are down about 20% so far this year, much to my satisfaction. Why do What? Yeah, because the, the radio season doesn't matter. Exactly right. Why do you think it's down? Uh, because the regular season doesn't matter. Players are the load management, injuries to stars or whatnot. Uh, people say LeBron playing on the West Coast has an effect on that. I would say that is certainly possible, and and factors into this. But I think people just realize that the NBA season, regular season, doesn't matter. And really, it's gonna. And yes, maybe this season is more wide open for the teams that have a chance to win the title. But overall, what we've seen. Over you know the the years over years and years is that four or five teams really have a legit chance, and this year it's you know like the like Portland's down, uh, Utah seems to be down a little bit, uh, San Antonio's bad. They've been a perennial you know favorite and stuff for for many many years. I just think people just say like okay the the NBA season doesn't matter and it's down and granted no one really pays attention until Christmas Day games and all that jazz. Uh, Utah, but uh, but for the for the ratings to be down twenty percent at this time over last year, that's the concerning part. If I were the NBA or an NBA fan, I think it's because the Warriors are not good anymore. Then that's a fit. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's the same reason why the ratings went down when Michael Jordan went away because the best team and players are not around. Load management has something to do with it, though. Who? Load management, like Kawhi sitting out for rest. I don't know if there's ever. I don't know if there's been a game this year where somebody was going to watch it, and then they found out Kawhi Leonard wasn't going to play or whoever wasn't going to play. Like, oh, I'm not watching this game anymore. Kawhi Leonard's missed a couple of games. Like, who else is doing this load management thing? I don't know. Off the I top of my head. Was Kawhi Leonard and he's missed like, I don't know, like three games is all. And they went, oh, they got, you know, they're on national TV and they've got a... Giannis, I think, has missed a game for load management. Yeah. I think. Like, I don't... Like, somebody's going to watch a game between Team A and Team B and they watch it and all oh, crap. The best players not playing. I'm not watching. I don't know. So I just... See, ups and the flows. NFL has been... Down for the past couple of years, and now the NFL is having a really good year. And it's up and down, and we'll see. We'll see where it's at, at the end of the year. Talking about bad officiating and whatnot, uh, I think the I can't remember a game where the announcers were as bad as they were Monday night for Vikings Seahawks and Booger McFarland and. Joe Tessitore just gushing, oozing their praise and uh, admiration over Russell Wilson. Uh, and then the officials missing, you know, holding penalties on the Seahawks, false starts, delay of games. That wasn't that didn't factor overall into the, the end result. But I think they were all looking at Russell Wilson because it clearly was the Russell Wilson game and everyone else was just lucky to be a part of it. What would you have preferred they talked about when Seattle was on I don't know. They could they could talk about Russell Wilson for a little bit, but not everything has to be. I don't need to hear what Russell Wilson says after every frickin' possession. Like that, the, the, the mic'd up was a waste of time. He's a yes. very, very boring 
gentleman, and I, did, I don't care about what he has to say. He didn't say anything, and nope. Just a bunch of rah-rah stuff that was just boring to me. Mm-hmm. I, 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 didn't care, I didn't care to hear what the hell Russell Wilson had to say between plays. Did you know that he's just now bursting onto the scene, according to Booger? And also, I thought it was stupid. He's been around for, what, seven, eight years now? Yep. I think I it's stupid he that he's... He's one of the biggest stars in football. Yeah. I thought that was dumb. Like, they got to change this Monday Night Football crew. They've been trying to do something here for the past couple of years. It's not um, Yeah. Like, to, to say that, oh, people don't know who he is. He won a Super Bowl. He should have won a second one. It's stupid. I thought that was the worst part of the game. And uh, you didn't think that the fact that Booger said that the that the Vikings were on the wrong end of the Minneapolis miracle wasn't bad, and he had it was so bad and egregious that they had that he had to issue a correction to you know before the second half began. That was one of the most famous plays in the history of football happened two years ago. A lot of plays have gone the Vikings, not the Vikings' way. That was not one of them. That was the best play in our uh, in our team's history. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was a bad mistake. I th- I like I, I like Booger McFarland. I think he's a good analyst. He's not a good announcer. He does not. He should not be announcing games on live TV. You just should. Why is this so difficult? Jason Whitney people didn't like him. They need uh, Peyton Manning. Just back up the Brinks truck for for Peyton Manning. Maybe he'll be good. Uh, Tony Romo is the best he's ever been. Yep. Um, well, why is it so tough? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I can't tell you. Vikings lose 37-30 to 30 to the Seahawks. Uh, they were up 17-10. Defense imploded. I know you've been backing the defense and Xavier Rhodes now for a long time. Sorry. But Rhodes, Rhodes has to go. This is we're, we're done with him. He's bad. I don't know what's wrong with him. Is he hurt? Because he was good last year. He was good. He he was fine know. last year. He was he, he started to decline. You could see that there there were elements of the game, but he just was like, uh. It's time, it's time to just cut him loose. I mean, quarterback is an issue now, and that because Trey Williams and Mackenzie Alexander are free agents. Yep. And you get rid of Rhodes. I mean, there's those are quarterbacks. Mike Hughes, I guess, would be the only guy back. So. Quarterback's got to be a priority. Rhodes was bad. Uh, Stephon Diggs was terrible. Uh, the quarterback was good again. Yep. Beginning of the year, defense was good. Quarterback was a bit shaky. Ever since then, quarterback's been of no problem. And the defense has deteriorated uh, every week, it seems like. So we can't have both things good at once. So... Like the quarterback, I mean, it's a deal where when he's shitty, they're going to pile on him. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't been shitty since that Bears game, and that was week three. And so, the two interceptions that he's thrown since then have both been Diggs' fault. Yes, and it's a case where it's just, Kirk Cousins is going to be one of those guys where he's never going to get the credit he deserves when he plays well. And when the time comes for a playoff game here next month, and he's at Green Bay, or he's at New Orleans, or wherever the hell he's going to be at. Mm-hmm. And he hopefully plays well, and they still lose. You just can't blame him. You just you just can't. Hey, the fact that he's zero and eight on Monday Night Football that's that seems irrelevant. He'll be one and eight here uh, by season's end. But I, so. uh, I mean, yeah, he played really well. And again, 
he's down. He was without his best wide receiver and his starting running back, who's an MVP candidate. I mean, it's it's just simple. Just look at the team around him. He's doing so much with a limited wide receiving core. He's got good tight ends, but I mean, Cousins is playing outstanding right now, and it does upset me a little bit that it feels like they can't. Uh, many of the national media are like doing a game, especially nationally televised game. They just can't say a lot of good things about the Vikings. Like it, you hate that. I, I do hate that because it's not like, like I, this. Like I didn't, I didn't notice it as much as you did. I wasn't, I didn't notice it. I wasn't irritated about it. It was just the constant gushing about the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Well, I and, mean, they're ten and two. I mean, what do you want? I mean, they're good. They got. The Vikings were eight and three. Though they, there was a, it was a one game difference between the Seahawks and the Vikings. And I tell you what, the the Seahawks continue to win these close games. They're nine and one in these close games. That's a sign of a good team, but it's also a sign of a team that could very easily be three, be three and nine. You know, I mean, like, well, yeah. The difference is, I would say, is I mean, they've got a Hall of Fame coach and a Hall of Fame quarterback, and we don't have that. Yeah. I, the way the second half went, that's kind of what I expected the game to go. I was yep. surprised at how close it was. I'm sure a lot of people went to bed at about late third quarter when it was 17, uh, 17 up. Yep, and then Kirk and then has they that came chance. back and they had their chance to to get it done. They had a lot of short passes first half, and then once they got behind, they finally opened it up, and the skeleton of Treadwell and that big touchdown. Yeah. So um, he's played very well back, since like, coming back with them. He's, I think he's, I don't know, he's a warm body to put out there for a few plays a game. Yep. Like, he's not terrible. He doesn't do anything. He's easily forgettable. Ooh, there was some guy. Maybe some guy on some team I forgot was on the team. Oh, yeah, it was Gary Kubiak. I forget Gary, Gary Kubiak's, like, you know, co-offensive coordinator, whatever yes. the hell he does. Yep, assistant. I don't know, oh, yeah, that's Gary, yeah, Gary Kubiak. He, uh... Broncos in the Super Bowl and he something. And the Texans. I forget he's not okay. Yep. He's very yeah, good. I mean, this, this was a chance. If you win this game, you got a chance. But division's kind of kaput. Bye, and, you know, you're going to be on the road. You're in the playoffs unless Detroit can pull off an upset against. Maybe Chicago can. Maybe with Frank and... You know, the Giants gave, gave it the old college try there last week. Well, maybe the Giants can beat the Packers Maybe they'll shit the bed like they did against the Chargers. So not this yeah, week. They I, won't do that against uh, Washington. It ain't happening. No, I expect you know be the sixth seed and they could play. They could play Green Bay. They could play San Francisco, Seattle, New Orleans. We have no idea who we're playing. Yep. So okay. they sh- they'll, they'll beat Detroit this week. It doesn't sound like Thielen's going to play. Sounds like that hamstring injury is even worse than he let on, which sucks. Um, he but, didn't play until the Green Bay game. Right. If he uh, can it, play, fine, because that's, that's the only important game we got left. Death, Green Bay Monday night. Death taxes and you beating me in fantasy football, it just sucks. I mean, it really does. Like, it just – I don't know if I've beaten you in the last three years. It just, I went back here was a, a couple months ago. I went back to see what it's been. Yeah. I think I'm like six and it's not terrible. I think I'm like maybe six and three now. Okay. Or something. It feels it's it's, more than I thought. It, it yeah, doesn't feel that way. <laughs> I feel like um, what do we got? One week left, maybe. Yeah, one week left in the regular season. I'm gonna miss out on the playoffs, and 
two weeks ago I should have won if it were made a lineup change. Um, so that's going to hurt. So I may have been tied to the last spot if I win this week and I would have not screwed up two weeks ago. But yeah, overall, it's a terrible year. Yeah, and I've made a few of those, like week one when I started Jameis Winston instead of Phillip Rivers. That's a terrible Are decision. Are you in the mix there? I mean, I... There, there was some guy who just absolutely tanked. What a tank job by some guy. That's oh, yes, yes, uh, yes. Uh, I up. I think that's that's my brother-in-law. And yeah, that's, yeah I mean, I mean, that's uh, Tariq Cohen, Latavius that. Murray, that's a, that's a bad, bad week. That could be... No, I'm trying to let me see what what ended up happening. That's like, that's like 1919 Black Fox type. Shit right there. <laughs> that was an intentional dive. <laughs> to, to help somebody let, else get a win to get in the playoffs here without. The final score of last week's game: 162.54 to 38.2. Let's look at this lineup here. Nick Foles. He wouldn't have won. He wouldn't have won, but he would have been closer. Yeah, if he had just if he had started Deshaun Watson and Kenny Galladay, let's look at this lineup though. Nick Foles, negative almost uh, negative two points. Latavius Murray, yeah, hey, two hey, tenths. Would you, would you play Nick Foles or Deshaun Watson? Who would you play? I would play Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm, that's a thirty-five <laughs> point difference. Ah, uh, let's see here. Uh, Zane Gonzalez gets one point. Nicole Hardman gets one and a half points. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Tariq Cohen, 3.4 points. Thanks for playing, Tariq. Uh, let's see here. He didn't have a guy that scored more than 9.5 points, and that was his defensive lineman. Good job. Or de- linebacker. Uh, so, sorry, Rob, not trying to pile on here, but that that's a bad no, week. Rob. That's a... I don't know, Rob. A big F you to Rob. <laughs> Kenny Galladay should have played instead of instead of the fucking fourth receiver from Kansas oh, City or whatever. Well, 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 let's let's just to be fair here, when you're starting a third string quarterback from Purdue, I mean let's I, I can understand that a little bit. This, uh, but this, oh come on. Nah, I know I'm sorry. I'm looking at the live. I've never heard of this guy from Kansas City. Who is this guy? Nicole Hardman. He's the rookie from Georgia. He's the speedster that was supposed to take the child beaters place. Tyreek Hill. Great, you've got you know, 70 yards in the last four games. Yeah, start him over Kenny Galladay, yeah. like what? A top 10 receiver, maybe? Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's It's not good. Not good. Come on, like he's one of those guys that you just start on. You just start him, and you, know, you start him, forget about him, and he'll get you, you know, 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns. Right. Yeah, you're right. Good effort. Good effort. Anyway, uh, let's go to the hot stove here. Uh, we're burning some tires tonight because we don't need the wheels anymore because the wheels have come off the free agency train here. Zach Wheeler isn't coming to Minnesota. He's staying in the NL East. He's going to Philadelphia. Uh, the Mets, said this is a guy that the Twins were rumored to be in the mix on, and uh, he signs a five-year, $118 million deal. Uh, so now, Krenz, where do the Twins go from here? Well, we're looking at uh, Madison Bumgarner, Hinjin Ryu with the Dodgers. Those are really the only two guys left. Do they have any chance yeah. at getting uh, Ryu? No. Okay, that's what I thought. I don't know. Like, well, I'm kind of, I, I would imagine he would want to come here. Like, Bumgarner, I'm, that's why I'm, I'm all in on him as being the last guy. And you weren't last year. You didn't want the Twins to get him. No, I didn't 
want to trade for him because he's a free agent. And I don't want to trade for two months of Bumgarner. I want four or five years of him, sure. I'll sign him. Okay. All right. I don't want to pick up, so that's a big difference for me. I don't know. I'm, I, you know, he's doubtful that they're going to get any of these guys because that just doesn't happen. But who'd Kyle um, Gibson sign with? The the Braves or who? the Kyle Gibson? Atlanta. Kyle Gibson went to Texas. Texas. Three years, thirty million, which is amazing to me. They can make it happen. Bumgarner, he's he's who I want now. Zach Wheeler's, I don't know. Five years, almost hundred twenty million. That's a lot. Yep. Supposedly or reportedly, he took less because I think the White Sox had a, over 120 yeah. million on the table. Really, his wife slash girlfriend wants to be on the East Coast, so didn't sound like any team not on the East Coast really had a chance. Twins, I guess, offered 100 million for five years, so they were there. But like that, we I don't know. I'm not real big on him. It would have been nice to get him because he's better than what we've got. But I don't. Right. I don't know. Maybe there's another guy that potential and all this potential stuff but he's 30 years old like him and Bumgarner are the same age Bumgarner is almost a year earlier you would assume Bumgarner is like 35 he looks he's an old soul that's for sure yeah he's 30 years old he's been around for 10 years he's up when he was 20 years old well Zach he's got like five more seasons worth of pennies than Zach Wheeler does so Bumgarner there were some good signs last year of him turning it around again he had the stupid uh, motorcycle crash and all that stuff. And he hasn't been the same since then. But there were signs of him getting better at the end of last year with certain certain things you look at, spin rates and, and all that stuff, velocity and all that. So I would like it. If it's going to take five years, $100 million, sign me up. Uh, we need a guy. We've never gotten a guy. We won 100 games. We, we need a guy. We need pitchers. We need pitchers. We need pitchers. And Madison Bumgarner would be the best option, him and Ryu. If it's not one of those two, there's really nobody I'm interested in a whole hell of a lot besides that. There's nobody that's a big difference maker out there. There's nobody out there besides those two that I think are any better than the two they have right now with Oda Rizzi and Brios. So I hope I hope he comes here. But we'll Me see. too. Me too. I'd like to see the Twins make a splash. If you have to do a trade or something, you need another pitcher. You need yep. one more pitcher. And a bullpen guy. Because Dyson isn't going to be around, there. right? Huh? Dyson isn't going to be around with the, that domestic violence charges and stuff floating around with him. No, he's, he's a free agent anyway. He likes to be a free agent. And he's just not going to be with any team. And yeah, he's out with the Twins. He'll bad trade. Trade gone wrong. So trade gone wrong there. Um, like Trina's out there, which is a surprise. Ooh, bring him in, bring him in. So, had a great one of the great years two years ago. He was not good last year. So, I'd be fine bringing him in. Yeah, do it, do it. He's an all-star from a couple years ago. Yep, bullpen guy starters, so. Yeah, they've got money to spend, so. I'm on the training train. Let's go, let's go. Let's bring Blake in. Uh, can you explain this Milwaukee Brewers San Diego Padres deal uh, in terms of who won it and stuff? Because I thought maybe uh, maybe uh, this uh, where the Brewers 
got Luis Urias and Eric uh, left-hander Eric Lauer from the Padres. Uh, outfielder Trent Grisham and right-hander Zach Davies went to San Diego. This happened the day before Thanksgiving. Um, can you explain? Can you explain this to me? Like, I thought, wasn't Urias supposed to be really good and one of the cornerstones for the Padres here? Maybe I'm mixing him up with one of their other good prospects. Uh, to me, I thought, like, the, the the Padres are a team, as we like to say, on the come. And is this a is this a bad trade? Who wins this trade, or is this an even trade for you? You're the shortstop. He's, he's the guy. That's he's, he's, the, he's the man. Okay. But, you know, Urias... They brought him up, and he didn't really do much. So like, I'm fine trading him. Okay. Because he was up, and he didn't do a lot. He's still very young, I believe. He is 22, so he's fairly young. He came up, and you know, they gave him 200, 200 at-bats, and he hit 220, which is not great. So I, I guess I'm fine with him getting, uh, getting out of there. Uh, Zach Davies, good pitcher. Trent Grisham, he's the guy that made the air in the Nationals game. I was just going to ask if that was the guy. That's who I was thinking. They should probably give him a World Series ring because without that, they don't even win the wild card game. So they get him. Um, It was kind of, I I thought it was kind of uh, an even up trade for give us a couple guys, we'll give you a couple guys, and and we'll go from there. Okay. So they got rid of Urias. They uh, they signed Jerkson Profar who used to be a tippy-top prospect, but has never really developed either. He was with the Rangers uh, for years, and then he was with Oakland last year, and he's never reached his potential. And he's older now. He's you know, 26, 27 years old. So they've got Jerkson Profar to be uh, to be an infielder. So, and and the, the Padres also signed Drew Pomeranz, uh, who I believe was with them before yeah. before he went to Texas and Boston, right? Uh, I believe so. And then the yeah, Giants, yeah, wasn't he with the Giants uh, last uh, year? Yeah, a bullpen guy. So he's kind of been up and down, and he's, he's shown some flashes. Um, yeah, he was with them yeah, back a few years ago for a year. He's bounced around a little bit. And they did really good last year for the Brewers in the bullpen. So um, maybe you know, as a starter, he was okay at times. But I think his future is probably now as a reliever. And they paid him quite a bit of money to, to maybe be a two-man reliever guy. I mean, four four years, thirty-four million. I mean, that's only that's eight and a half million a year. That. I mean, that's kind of a bargain by baseball standards. Yeah. And that's, that's a good... Like, if he's going to be a bullpen guy that, well, four years, $34 million, mm-hmm. that's an $8 million signing bonus, $4 million this year, six the next, eight, eight the last year. So he's getting paid quite well to maybe throw you a 70 innings out of the bullpen. And if really made Josh Hader available in a trade, I mean, that's going to happen. But a lot of it, I think, is money-related, but it's like you don't get rid of somebody like that because you don't want to pay them. Right. And so that gives me some question of what do they know about Josh Hader, one of the the best around. Mm -hmm. You you wouldn't trade him. No. Even if it's going to cost you $10 million. Like, 
you, you pay him $10 million because he's been that good. They've used him a lot, but that's what you do with a guy that good. So we'll keep our eyes on the hot stove there. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Mike Mustak has signed a deal. He's been looking for a deal for years. Cincinnati, Cincinnati. He finally got one, so he's proven himself. He's He's been good, so... Uh, Mets got a new owner, it appears. Wilpon, uh, not Wilbon, not Michael Wilbon, but Wilpon is uh, getting his uh, getting uh, rid of his stake. Uh, Cole Hamels went to the Braves, one year, eighteen million. So, might be his last year. He was was good with the Cubs last year. So. Marlins made a couple of moves too that uh, that are, should be pretty good. The Marlins. Yeah, Marlins signed a couple of guys. The Yelich is the Yelich issue, or the let letting him go is the most glaring. We're trading him. That's the most glaring yeah. one of them all. It's terrible, and the Washington owner, I think, the Washington owner, I think, come out comes out and says we really can only afford to have either Anthony Rendon or Steven Strasburg. We can't have both. Shut up. Like if you if you wanted to, you could have both. Like these these owners. These owners, we complain about the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers and all these teams that have open checkbooks, it seems, and mm-hmm. spend all this money. You know, and I've always said, I wish I could root for a team that, all right, we need a pitcher, let's get the best. We yeah. need this guy, let's get the best. That would be good to have a team that I would root for that doesn't like this. Like, right. They're not going to sign, probably. They're probably going to sign, I don't know, one of the two, Rendon or Strasburg. But apparently not both. And not, not that they have to. I mean, they didn't sign Bryce Harper. I'm sure they're fine with that decision. Yeah. So, but they could. But they, I mean, these owners. These owners are so wealthy. It's yeah. like, open up, open it up. Like, I, I, I feel confident that if you were worth billions and I was worth billions and I was the owner of a team, like, I would be willing to pay the, the penalties, the, the tax penalties and everything else to, to, to get what I needed. Could we combine our billions money? and just buy a, one team and run it together? I think we'd be a pretty good tandem. Yes, that would be fun. Okay. Like if, it, if it cost $125 million for some guy, that's fine. You know why? Because I'm worth $3 billion. And think of all the, the merchandise sales and the, what you know the winning could do for you. And I'm, I'm going to make hundreds of millions of dollars this year from the TV networks and the crowds and everything else that I make my money on. So mm-hmm. it's very frustrating when the owner, oh, I, I can't afford this guy. Yes, you can't because mm-hmm. you're worth a hundred times more than this player. Well, the poll ads, you know, the owners of the Minnesota Twins have historically, like they're among the richest owners in all of baseball and they spend pennies on the dollar and it's very frustrating. They're penny pinchers. Yeah. Like, guys, want to do good, sign a guy. Uh, really, last thing. And are you, are you looking forward to this weekend of college football championship games? A lot of it depends on Friday. If Utah wins, then no. 
You don't. Can I win, really? Okay, so you think that's regardless? Okay. Like I don't, because they've been ahead of Oklahoma this entire time. This entire time, Oklahoma has been behind Utah. I do not see how beating Baylor again would vault them over Utah. It would beat Oregon, who's a good team as well. I don't. I don't see. I don't see that. Right. Chris Peterson. I, I, oh, sorry. Go. Go ahead. Yeah, Chris Peterson, he's done for a while, I guess. Shocking. I would say it's... Wisconsin's not getting in, but I think it's worth the discussion. No. They're eight. No. They're it's eight. Been... Things would have to go their way if they were to beat Ohio State. Um, they would need Oregon to win, and I think they would need Baylor to win. Um... They lost to Ohio State, one of their two losses. They would beat that team, so they beat a team they lost to. Um, they lost to Illinois by one. Illinois, not terrible, or they six and six. So this is yeah. not your three win Illinois team. This is a six and Illinois was a lot better. They were yeah. a lot better than anybody thought. But they also lost to a Northwestern team, and that's where that like. That's a bad loss for Illinois. I mean, we could say that Georgia has the worst yeah. loss of any team in the college football playoff that has oh, yeah. a chance losing to South Carolina. But Wisconsin would have the second worst loss losing to Illinois. Probably. Well, yeah. But I think, like, Wisconsin, what? Wisconsin would have the best win. They would. The they would. Of anybody. Not only playoff teams, but of everybody. So they're not going to get in. I think it's worth a discussion. Um, it would come down, I guess, they would need Utah to lose, so I guess it would come down to Big 12 winner versus Big 10 champ Wisconsin. And I've been so thoroughly unimpressed with the entire Big 12 conference all year, outside of maybe Kansas State. I mean, Texas is just Go Chris a disappointing team. Yeah. All year. Baylor has been, been a surprise, and nobody takes them serious, even though they've beaten everybody except Oklahoma. And Oklahoma's been as unimpressive as it could possibly be here in the last month. So, mm-hmm. um, if Utah if Utah loses, then I guess it opens some things up. But preach, preach. Uh, uh, final thing I have. Okay, okay. Let's yeah. let's do some stupid stupid hypotheticals here. Let's say okay. Let's say uh, Clemson and Georgia both lose. And Utah loses. Oh my God! Oh my God! You got a Big yeah. Twelve champions in. Yeah. And then what? Does it come down to Clemson and Georgia? Oh, I don't know. God, that's, that's a good. That's Clemson, a good question. Does Clemson still get in? No, no, no. Clemson doesn't get in. So Georgia would get in. One of them, one of those two have to get in. I mean, you could say Wisconsin then. I, oh, I don't know. What if they lose? Then do you do you bump? Who's who's at who's at nine? Um, Florida. Oh God, no, 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 that. That's, so it, um, we're down to eight teams. Realistically, we're down to seven teams because Wisconsin's not getting in. So we got you know. And I think everybody thinks LSU and Ohio State can lose and still get it. Right. Right. So it really comes down to Clemson. Clemson's got to win. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Big Twelve. Clemson's not going to lose to Virginia, though. Let's 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 be real about that. I they're they're just well, not. When was the game? What was the game a few years ago? Was it? There was a Big Ten game that was a little bit of an upset. Was it Michigan State over Ohio State? I kind of threw a monkey in. Michigan State made the playoffs. Oh yeah, and then they got slaughtered a few years ago. Michigan State beat Ohio State. I want to say, yeah, maybe. Yep. I mean, things happen. Obviously, you know, you know, Utah and Oregon is probably a fifty-fifty, and Oklahoma should beat Baylor. But I think it's probably going to come down. Hopefully, Utah win, but I prefer to see them in than Oklahoma because Oklahoma does nothing for me. We've seen that. Many times. We've seen Oklahoma's playoffs many times, and they haven't done much of note, and they don't appear to be as good as they have in past years. So they kind of peaked a little early for me. I think Charlie and I disagree on this, but I think the one being the one seed is the more pivotal this year than it has been in many other years because you don't want to oh, yeah. face Clemson. And so I think that if LSU beats Georgia, they get the one seed regardless of what Ohio State does to Wisconsin. Do you agree? I don't know. I guess unless unless Ohio State wins like 45 to nothing over Wisconsin, I think that LSU beating the fourth-ranked team in there, I don't see there being much separation between Ohio State and LSU. So I think if LSU beats the four team, that that outdoes, like that's... I think that's more. That's a bigger. That's that does more for quality for me than it than Ohio State beating Wisconsin, who they've already played. Like if LSU and Georgia had played, maybe I'd feel a little different about it, but they haven't. I I just think that an LSU win over Georgia vaults them to number one, and I don't, I think it's a case closed. No team has won the games LSU's won. I would prefer them at number one. They beat Florida. They beat Auburn. They beat Alabama. They would beat Georgia. I mean, those teams were all in the top ten when that happened, when they played them. Yeah. Alabama was three. Georgia was four. Florida was seven. Auburn was nine. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we'll be rooting for either Clemson or LSU. I want probably LSU to win this year. Yep. Agree. And if they're probably going to have to beat, uh, let's see. Let's say they play Clemson. And they play Ohio State. Oh, They're that's, that's probably going to have to beat both of those teams to win a national title. If they were the two seed, yes. Yes. Yep. Those were uh, Ohio State's number one. Clemson was number one. That would Alabama, be that would be the most Alabama, ridiculous national championship run I yeah. think we'd ever see. Alabama was also a number one team. They will have beaten three teams that were at one point in the season number one. Not necessarily when they played them. For one point in the season, uh, I mean, when LSU was number one, and three other teams were number one, and LSU has to be all of them to win the thing. And mm-hmm. like you said, the most impressive run ever if yes. that happens. Be crazy. We're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to the bowl pick'em here, which you, oh, yeah. uh, we'll get okay. the college football playoff, and we'll uh, we'll let you know uh, when we have the group created on ESPN, so you can join yeah. and test your knowledge, the confidence points, and everything like that. Against Travis, uh, against you and me and Charlie and and uh, Marcus, who I think this is the last year that he's on the the Belk Bowl committee, right? He's uh, yeah, Belk Bowl going belly up. So yeah, that was a good run. It's a good run, good run indeed. 
Last thing I have here, unless there's anything else that you need to talk about, uh, college basketball, it's so... I thought Michigan State was head and shoulders better than anyone else. They had an injury to one of their big guys. I think that that has significantly hindered their ability to... Like, the, the, the makeup of their team for this season. Cassius Winston's great. But... They're struggling. They got blown out by Duke in the Big Ten ACC tournament. Purdue gets blown out by Virginia. But the biggest shocker to me was Ohio State dismantling North Carolina in North Carolina. Uh, Michigan loses to Louisville in a in a barn burner. It was like 55-42 or something like that. It was really, really high scoring. But for North Carolina to lose as bad as they did at home to Ohio State... I think, A, I need to start taking Ohio State a little more seriously now. And B, this just, I think, further expands the argument that people have had this year that this is as wide open a year in college basketball as we've had in years. And I do mean years. North Carolina, their offense has not been great. They haven't scored 80 points yet. What? Huh? What? I said, what? They have not scored 80. They're, they're a season high was 78 versus Oregon Ugh. last week. So, uh, Big Ten, it's usually the ACC that wins this thing, right? The Big Ten won it pretty easily yeah. this year. I think 8-6, to um, six, if I recall correctly. Was it? 8-6, to six, I think. 8-6. to six. I mean, I think at the end, things are going to be, you know, Duke's going to be there and, and Michigan State and all those but, I mean, you know, the two big upsets early with Kentucky and Duke, I mean, obviously they're going to they're gonna be there. Go Jacks. Go Jacks. Go Jacks? Go, 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 go Jacks. I mean, Virginia. I was talking the Lumberjacks, early. just so we're clear here. Huh? I was talking the Lumberjacks, Stephen F. Austin. Yeah. Okay, yes. okay, okay. Just want to make sure uh, we're on Purdue the same beat, page. Yeah. Purdue beat Virginia. Virginia scored 40 points. That's good to see that they haven't changed. Um, That's our Virginia squad from last year, mind you. Yeah, our Virginia squad. Um, yeah, Michigan, I mean, Dayton, let's get on that date train. See how far they can go. Hey, I, hey, just come on board with me here, because I've been on them uh, for the last couple of weeks now. So, uh, even before the, the season. The ball is like 9-0. Yeah. Not that that means anything to anybody. But uh, I think the thing, you know... Two months from now in February, we'll have the usual suspects at the top. In Vega, always good. So I think hopefully you got a, maybe a seven or eight teams that are maybe uh, legitimate contenders here. Yes, That'd be fantastic. Like Virginia, Michigan looks great. Uh, Maryland's been playing good. Louisville looks good. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, Kansas. Duke, they kind of struggled even against Winthrop last week, so yep. it was not great to pay. Got a good win against Michigan State, and Arizona's undefeated, and Oregon looks good enough. Arizona struggled with South Dakota State, though. Let's just let's let's put that on the table. I think there's quite a few good teams. Probably no great team, but probably a lot of lot of contenders this year. A lot of teams in the mid not not the mid majors. Or the you know, the little guys, but you know, like the Daytons and the VCU's and stuff. They are the teams that I think are really going to be really fun to watch. Butler, people weren't expecting much from Butler, I don't think, but they're undefeated, I believe. Mm-hmm. 
Now, Pac-12 doesn't look like complete shit like he usually does. <laughs> so, obviously, I picked Oregon to win this entire tournament. And Arizona's undefeated, and Washington looks okay. Colorado looks good. Washington got a guy that I saw a couple of years ago at this Mike Miller Classic they have every year in Mitchell and Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. Uh, freshman, he's going to be there one year, and going to be a highly uh, high draft pick uh, next year. His name's Isaiah Stewart. Really just a monster of a man. He's averaging 16 points and seven rebounds. Um, he's the big son bitch two years ago when he was in college or in high school when I saw him. So, ended up going to, uh, to Washington. He's 6'9", 250. Oh, my. He's, he's from New York. I think he was playing for the team down in Florida. Um, there, so... He was, yeah, he was somebody that was awfully impressive when I saw him, I think, two years ago as a junior. So Isaiah Stewart, big-ass dude, freshman, or Washington, he's, uh, he'd probably be a lottery pick. Get on board. Get on board. It's, it's going to be fascinating. I, I can't wait to really, you know, I've been paying attention to it, but I, I really will uh, dive in deep here here soon as uh, January rolls yeah. around. So... Should be good. We've got uh, what, Oregon, Washington, I think next week that should be all right. Mm-hmm. So Baylor, Baylor's okay, it appears. Ooh. Uh, Colorado with Kansas on Saturday. We'll see how good Colorado is. Mm-hmm. So we've got Carolina, Virginia on Oops. Sunday. Ooh. So you've got some games. Yeah, we've got some games coming up here uh, fairly soon. Butler at Baylor Tuesday. Ooh, that, that's good. That's good. We'll take that. Okay. Uh, Oregon and Michigan next weekend. So, so Ducks, Memphis, and Tennessee next weekend as well. So, oh yeah. yeah. Let's go, Penny. Uh, Gonzaga, Gonzaga, Arizona next Saturday night. So plenty, uh, plenty of good ones out there. No kidding. No kidding. Well, let me be among the last to wish you happy Thanksgiving. And the, the first to wish you a happy Kwanzaa and happy Chris and a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Um, that's all I got. Did you got anything else? How's the, the you're doing okay? Staying away from the meth and everything like that. Yeah, the governor was in town today. Didn't give a shit to see her. But <laughs> um, and meth, meth is a big problem. Um, I sent you an Excel file a couple days ago. South. The South Dakota, uh, the South Dakota volleyball schedule is that correct? Was that? Yes. Yes. The University of South Dakota, I should say, not South Dakota yes. High School. University South Dakota, our Coyotes. They are not in the big tournament. They were. What were they? Twenty-seven and two this year. Very good season. Ran the table in the, in the uh, Summit League. Ended up losing. Well, they lost to Denver. The uh-huh. one versus four, not even the championship game. You lost in the one versus four semifinal against Denver, and twenty-seven and two, and like, well, are they going to get it? Could they get an at-large to the NCAA tournaments? And I didn't really know. I didn't look at the numbers before they got in or not. I waited until after. Do you have that file there, stacking? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to pull it up on the phone and. It's having some issues here. Well, there, there's, a, there's a thing there. Um, I compared USD to the four teams, the last four teams that got in. Mm-hmm. 
And I did that after the fact, and I looked at it, and it's like, yeah, I really have no problem with them being left out. And I don't know if they put them in order, but if they did, USG, I think, was the fourth team out. If they put them in order, it may have just been alphabetical order. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But either way, they're not in, and I guess there is a WNIT-type tournament that they are in, believe it or not, for volleyball. And they will, uh, they'll, they'll be in that, and I would imagine they'll do very good in that, and I would expect they may even be in the semifinals for the championship of that tournament. 32-team tournament, 32-team uh, tournament, so... They'll do well if they're a very good volleyball team. And basically, they are only in this, though, because they didn't beat the really good schools. They beat up on all the, the terrible schools that they should if they're a really good team out of the Summit. But they didn't win the tournament, the Summit League tournament, and they didn't ultimately beat the best of the best. They beat up on the on the, on the the poor. Yeah, Iowa State, I think, was the one team, the best team they played, and they did not beat Iowa State. I would have given them one top 50 win, and that probably would have been enough. 28-1, um, beat Iowa State. You have one top 50 win, and that's probably good enough to get in. But it wasn't. We usually have this discussion in March when their basketball team fails again yep. to beat SDSU. I mean, their team this year looks, looks tremendous. Both, both the men and the women. I would say this is the first year where I where I think the women are better than SDSU. I think everybody else would agree with that. Yeah. No other year have I thought that. No other year have I thought their women were better. They beat us and they won, but I've never thought they were better when it came down to it. Didn't they lose, they lost to Missouri State, if I recall correctly, who is coached by the former. Assistant at Western Illinois, I think Minter is his name, uh, with our you know our buddy JD Gravina. Uh, That's right. So Missouri State's at, uh, Missouri State's ranked right now. They're a very good team out of the Missouri Valley. Very good. I think USD is ranked twenty third or twenty fourth. Okay. So, and it's going to come down to can you beat? I think they could probably even get an at large again this year. But again, beat for once, just one time. It's never happened. What What does this say about SDSU that they beat? Notre Dame, and it, it, it gets overshadowed. They, they beat a ranked USF team. Like they're not any good this year, though. Yeah. Like Notre Dame, they're like, oh, they beat Notre Dame. Like, shit, they're the best. Yeah. Well, how are they this year? It's like, ah, oh, they're having a down year. They're probably not even going to make the tournament. They're 4-4 four and four at the moment. I think they'll be good again next year. Like, man, we've, you know, Notre Dame, we've played them a few times, and we've come close, and oh, we knocked them off, and played well. Like, people... I feel like we're past, like, oh, they beat this team, and USD beat this team. Yep. Like, look, look at the team. How good are they? Yes, USD beat Ohio State. Is Ohio State any good at basketball? Not really. No. They were 15-14 and 14 last year. 14-14. and 14, Made the WNIT, and they lost in the first round. It's like, yes, USD is better than a... Ohio State Big Ten team that can't win a WNIT game. Yes, you'd expect USD to win that. Yes. SDSU. They they didn't beat Florida Gulf Coast, which was disappointing. They beat Notre Dame. That should kind of tell you how good Notre Dame is this year. Not great, and they probably won't make the tournaments. 
And who else would SDSU beat? Maybe South Florida. Team. South Florida. They were ranked. They were ranked. South That's Florida. a good win. South Florida. And, yeah, so, and then USC beat Ohio State. And somebody went out on Twitter again and said, whatever your allegiance is, forget your allegiances. SDSU beats Notre Dame. And I think maybe the same day or whatever, USD beat Ohio State. Now, whatever your allegiance is, this is a great day for the state. And you know how much I hate this bullshit about the state. It, what the fuck does it matter the state? What is he trying to say? It's great for the state. For what? It for does, the state of women's basketball in South Dakota? If you follow women's basketball at a collegiate level and you don't know that South Dakota and South Dakota State are good, then you're an idiot. Like, yes, we, if you follow the women's game, you know that SDSU is exceptional. You know that USD, also exceptional. Yes. And if you look at how good Notre Dame and Ohio State are this year, it shouldn't be much of a goddamn surprise that they won. Right. If you look into it, look into it, take 10 seconds to Google... Ohio State women's basketball, ESPN. Take a look at their schedule. How are they? Oh, not good. How were they last year? A 500 team that didn't make the tournament. People are just lazy. I th- yeah, because they... Know, it's, Christ, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Jesus Christ. They're good in football. They're good in basketball. Yeah. Not this year. It's, it's, not this year. It's the name so brand. Not, that's that's what they're yeah. looking at. They're not looking at the record. Context. Yep. Do some homework. Be smarter. Context about yep. that. So good yep. for the women. Yeah. The, the, Best day back here to the back here to the volleyball thing. Yeah, people were upset. USD people and people in that extreme part of the state were upset that USD didn't get in. Let me pull up my tweet. I don't know if you saw my Twitter exchanges here a few days ago. It was quite the bad. What the hell did I say to start this thing off? Completely unprovoked. I'm, I'm looking at this shit. And we always have this discussion in March yep. with the women's team. Mm-hmm. So I go out, well, it was a Tuesday morning or whatever, early Tuesday morning. Here's what I tweet out. Wow, you, you uh, Zach Borg, though, you said that's as simple as that. That's fantastic. Zach Borg, uh, he's good. He's, he's, Zach Borg can be in my team any day. Yep. So I put out there Tuesday morning, do people that are complaining about USD volleyball not making the NCAA tournament even understand how the selection process works? What was their RPI, their strength of schedule, quality wins, who did they beat, and how does that compare to the last four teams that got in? I said, educate yourself and be better. Yep, I'm reading it right now. So that's what I said. And then a bunch of USD people got on me. Oh, look at this, look at this. Uh, John Sayer does good work down there in Vermilion and Yankton. He's there, uh, you know, the basketball games for women. He's very good. And um, I like him, and I enjoyed our conversation back and forth. He was reasonable, and I can, uh, I can talk to somebody like that. I can discuss things with somebody like that. He thinks they should have gotten in. Did I change his mind? I don't know, but I heard him on the radio. Uh, yesterday, and he said he understands why they didn't get in. That, that's all I'm asking. You don't got to agree with it. You don't got to be happy that USD didn't get in, but you have to understand why they didn't. Right. And they didn't because they didn't have a quality win, and their strength of schedule was 220. You're just not going to get in despite 27 and 2. 
So John Thayer comes and he kind of calls me out. He says, curious how much of this you actually know or if you just tweeted this because you're an SDSU fan, which is totally fine because I guarantee SDSU fans would also be disappointed if they were in this position. Yep. Anyway, how much do you know about these numbers? We can compare notes. When I saw this, my mouth started to salivate stacking. <laughs> how much do I know about the numbers? How much do I know about the numbers? Let's see. So I, we went through the whole thing. I'm like, well, here's the numbers. And that thing I sent you, those are my numbers mm-hmm. right there. And it compares the RPI and the strength of schedule and everything relevant that you need. So I said, here it is. Like, this is, they're, they're just not going to get in with the resume they have. And when you compare it to, what was it, Illinois, Wright State, Washington State, and there was another school in there too. And it just didn't compare to those schools. Illinois was 16 and 13 in the Big Ten. There was one guy who, just to say there was one guy who blew a gasket, blocked me on Twitter after like, this guy is out of his mind. Because he thinks Illinois should not be in because they're 16 and 13. And this is what I'm talking about, the ignorance of these people Say this team's twenty-seven and two. Yep. This team's sixteen and thirteen. How can they be in? They be out. So context. Let let me let me just say here that the little the limited amount I know of women's volleyball, the Big Ten. I would say is probably America. the best volleyball conference in the country because they Minnesota's really good, Wisconsin's really good, Nebraska, Penn State. Like these are all teams that are ranked. They're the ranked seeds in this year's tournament. So the Big Ten has in a very like it's the cream of the crop. If like you're looking at the top tier of women's volleyball, the Big Ten is where it's at. So obviously they were sixteen and thirteen. Their strength of schedule was in the twenties. Their RPI was in the I think around 40. And this one guy blew his gap. He couldn't, I, I just, he was so ridiculous. And John Thayer, he was fine. He was reasonable. VCU, VCU was the other team. I got it. Yep. And um, so we just compared notes and went back and forth, and it was a good discussion. Um, this other guy was having none of it. He blocked me right away, and he said that I didn't want to have a discussion and that I had to be right. This guy couldn't be further from the truth. And he said at the end, he said something like, I, I'm familiar with you and I know what games you play. I'm not even familiar with the games that I play, so I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this, and so John Gaskins didn't blow a gasket. That's good for him. No, he was good, and he, and he actually liked my tweets. Uh, he saw that tweet, my original one, and he liked it. He didn't get involved in this mess, but he liked it, so good for him. Um... But it's just like one of the people I discussed it with was reasonable and was understanding. They could have a civil conversation on Twitter, which is rare. And this other person completely lost their mind, blocked me on Twitter, didn't have a discussion, was saying a bunch of shits about me that wasn't true. He thinks he knows what's going on. He doesn't. Sue him for libel. Sue for him or anything. Sue him for libel. So that's unfortunate. Huh? Sue him for for libel. yeah. I sue him for being stupid. I wish I could, but I can't. So we went back and forth, and there was somebody on the radio, Vincent Falls, not John Gaskin, he's fine. Somebody else, and they're like, 
what's uh, what they what what adjective did they use? They did not like the USD. They said it was ridiculous, ridiculous that USD didn't get it. I'm like, I, I disagree with this guy. I just, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the very next day, you know what he said? He said, "Oh, I've looked at the numbers. I can understand. That's all I ask." He changed his mind. Change your mind. Don't be so stubborn that facts won't change your mind about something. Right. Well, people go out here every year saying USD should be in. USD should be in. Last year, they should have been. And they were. What were they, a 10 seed last year? They were They were in, and they were easily in. And there was no discussion of, oh, should they be? Yes. USD's women basketball resume was, without a doubt, good enough to get in. Mm-hmm. A couple years ago, it wasn't. It just wasn't. And it's, it just wasn't. You're not going to put them in over any of these other teams when they're RPI and search the schedule and wins or what they are. I mean, this, to me, this is very simple. Just look at their resume, look at their season, and look at the numbers and understand what you have to do to get in. So it's very, it's not that hard. Sometimes it's close and you can debate things, but this time, it's not that hard. So we're going back and forth and having a, a great old time. And the thing about it, like USD is better in RPI than those other teams. Not by a lot. I think their RPI was 38. All these other teams were like 42 or 45 or 47. Like it's close. It's in the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Difference was USD strength of schedule is 220. It's nearly 200 spots lower than Illinois. It's 50 spots lower than one of the schools, and that was the closest they were. Another school was 100 to 120 spots better in strength of schedule than USD. You just can't be that bad at strength of schedule. And get in and learn from this and try to schedule better opponents and try to get in. They beat Iowa this year. Iowa's usually really good. Iowa was not as good as they usually are. So that probably hurts quite a bit. So, final points. If you were to ask anybody, Stack, and you can ask anybody in the world, why did USD not get into the tournament? Who would you ask? I would ask you. No. Who would you oh. ask? Reason like, you can ask anybody. USD volleyball did not get picked for the tournament. Who would you? Who would you ask? Oh, I would ask the, the chair, the, the the chair uh, the, of the NCAA yes. tournament. Yes, the chairman of the committee that picked the teams. So I emailed her, and she emailed me back, and she said USD lost in the semis, which was a significant loss based on RPI. The committee felt that based on the total body of work when comparing other teams in that group, USD didn't match up with the other teams as well, and they were left out due to the strength of schedule. There you got it. That is why they were left out. They didn't have the top 15 wins. Their strength of schedule was not good enough. We don't have to debate anymore. We don't have to say, well, this should have happened. That should have happened. Ask the person who's in charge of picking them. And is in the room with everybody else who is discussing who should be in. This isn't very difficult. These are all members of the media. Instead of just speculating and saying, oh, this is what should have happened, ask the person who's in charge. It's not that goddamn difficult. Call them, email them. They'll get back to you. I did that a couple days ago. I did that when USC didn't make it a couple years ago. No, it was SDSU that didn't make it. 
I thought they should have gotten it because they beat Northern Iowa, but they had a better resume than Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa got it. Ask the person who is in charge of the decision. It's not goddamn difficult. Quit being lazy. Quit being stupid. Put in a little bit of effort. Take 10 or 20 minutes to compare teams. Don't say shit you don't know anything about. That's what, That's my biggest point here. Quit saying stuff that they don't know anybody about. They think it's ridiculous USD didn't get in, and the next day they come back and say, oh, maybe it's not so ridiculous. Maybe you shouldn't say something about something you have no idea about. It always seems like South Dakota, whether it be high school or college, is at the controversy of who's in, who's out, what what's going on, what lagging behind the times, yada yada yada. Yes. Yeah. So there we go. Well, very good. I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad the back and forth. I'm glad you got the clarity, which we kind of knew, but uh, it's very good. Very good work by you. And uh, we will uh, talk to you next week and uh, see what other controversy or what other sport that, you know, USD, SDSU, high school, whatever, gets left out of and people lose their minds on. It's a playoff game, Saturday, outdoors, football is a sport. We've had good weather this week. Saturday appears to be the best day. It's supposed to be 41 degrees. Good. Go Jacks. By the way, uh, the women right now are beating Coppin State 31-4. to Well, Coppin State, it's a good effort. Good effort. <laughs> weather, weather will not be an issue for this playoff game attendance. Uh, hunting, done. Field work, crops, done. It's an opponent we know. We know what Northern Iowa is. We know where that's at on the map. Weather's going to be fine. I'm not going to go because I don't care enough to go. But for those SDSU fans, there's an old excuse. 6,000, I hope. Prove me wrong. Get 6,000 people there. Do that. Just not more. 6,000. Not a very low bar. Fill the stadium a third full. Very good. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll see. Hopefully they can beat Northern Iowa so you and I can talk about the SDSU victory next week. Oh, yes. You and I can talk about you and I. So I'll be excited. Very good. Thank you, Krenz. All right, I'll see you later. Have a great rest of your week, and uh, watch out for that cold weather and the snow. Watch out. It's going to be cold as hell next week. Cold (laughs) as hell. Very good. Thank you, my friend. All right, see you. Travis Krenz joining us here Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time and efforts as always. Uh, The voice is starting to go a little bit. Uh, which is great because coming up next is Charlie Hildebrand to talk about some college football preview. We'll make some picks for the conference championship games this week. This podcast can be found on podcasts.com. That's podcast with an S at the end. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stack and Facebook Nathan Stack and Travis Krins is on Twitter at Travis Krins. Follow him. Debate with him. Don't block him. Be civil. Discuss the facts. It's great stuff there by Travis. Great, great journalism. Journalism has, you know, just it's just basic facts, folks. It's basic facts. But uh, coming up next, Charlie Hildebrand, college football conference championship week. Who who's winning all of them? We'll make all. We'll pick we'll make picks for all ten conference championship games. That and more coming up here on the Sports Block Podcast. Now available on podcasts.com. We continue here on the Sports Block Podcast. As uh, you can still tell, uh, I'm not feeling the best. 
But uh, pleased to be joined by my resident uh, college football expert, our resident college football expert, my good friend Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, how are you doing? I'm good. You may not be feeling well, and I'm sorry if you're not, but I think Auburn fans are feeling pretty good right now. Well, let's begin right there then, uh, even if they're still caught in the hedges, right? Well, I mean, it looks like it's only middle-aged women that are caught in the hedges, so they're probably not feeling this. You know, the, the, the one old lady, well, I shouldn't say old, the one older uh, lady who was stuck in the hedges for quite some time, and then the one, I didn't see the one until, uh, I think it was Monday night, uh, the lady, it looked like she was wearing like a jumpsuit almost, she jumps into the hedges and she disappears. Like, it, did you see that one? I did. I don't know what happened to her. I mean, hopefully she's not dead, but I don't know. Being a confirmation, either way. Is that is that Auburn Alabama game the game of the year? Of games I've seen, I think it's the game of the year. I don't want to definitively say it's the game of the year when we've still got conference title games and semifinal and, and championship bowl, games, bowl season, year six games, yep. stuff like that. But but from what I've seen, and there have been some other good games too, but it was the one that stuck out. And, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, people, us, us Americans, you know, like when we think it'll maybe be sort of a defensive game and it just turns into an offensive shootout. Unfortunately, you know, the game was going on the same time as Wisconsin-Minnesota, so my attention was devoted elsewhere until after the game got done. And, you know, because SEC games take four and a half hours anyway, uh, was able to see most of this fourth quarter, and it was... I, it was just unreal. I mean, you see highlights of, you know, Mac Jones throwing, you know, two pick sixes and, uh, you know, but yet he drives Alabama down the field and, you know, throws four touchdowns. I mean, he did absolutely everything he needed to. But, well, but I, I partially agree with what you're saying, but it's worth noting he did throw up two pick sixes. Right, uh, right. He threw, he threw six so touchdowns. Outside of those, he played pretty well, yeah. but those two pick sixes were very ill-timed. The, he threw six touchdowns. Four just happened to be to Alabama and two to Auburn. Uh, that, But that one pick that, like, that went 101 yards or whatever, that's just kind of fluky, isn't it? Ain't a little bit. I think, mean, but you know, I mean, you can say that about a lot of interceptions right. that quarterbacks throw. I mean, there's plenty of times they hit a receiver in the hands and it bounces up in the air because he can't catch it and someone else makes it off, but still falls on the quarterback stats. Now, Nick's, but, but I agree. It was, it was an out of the ordinary interception that I remember thinking, like, oh, I'm not, what, what happened there? He was better than Bo Nix, but that's kind of to be expected. Bo Nix is a freshman quarterback, and he did overall well. He ran for a touchdown and and did the things that he needed to to get Auburn the win. Uh, and Nick, also, Bo Nix does not have the best receiving core in the country. No, he does Alabama. not. No, he does not. And Alabama has two guys that will go in the first round. Um, I, you know, Nick Saban was hot because of what happened at the end of the first half with them adding the second back on. Did you agree with uh, with Nick that that shouldn't have happened? Honestly, I don't know because I changed the channel. I saw that the time ran out, and I knew that there was that rule, at least a few years ago, I don't know if it changed it or not, that like if there's less than three seconds, like you can't snap the ball unless you're coming off of like a timeout or an incomplete pass or something, not if it's a running clock. And maybe they got rid of that rule. If they did, that's good. I don't think it was a good rule, but... I just saw the clock go to zero, and I went, well, that's the end of the half. And switched it to back to Wisconsin and Minnesota, because if I remember right, they were already in the third quarter. 
and then turned it back much, much, much later and was like, oh, Auburn got three points. I guess they put time back on the clock and they kicked a field goal. And those three points ended up being pivotal in the game because yeah, Auburn wins by three. And then, you know, Tricky Nick was uh, upset about the the offsides penalty, or the, the 12 men on the field penalty, the illegal substitution penalty at, there at the end. But Alabama was dumb for even thinking that Auburn was even thinking about going for it, don't you think? Like, just. She just got out coached there. I'm not going to say you got out coached the whole game necessarily, but certainly that last, or the second to last play, the last play before, you know, the one or two kneel down. Yep. The last play of importance. He got out coached on that one. They, they would have put her out of receiver. They would have gotten the ball with a minute left, and who knows what could have happened. Yeah, if they, if they get a touchdown, they win. If they kick a field goal, they go to overtime. Where you know who knows if they win or not. As good as Auburn is, I think it's fair to say Alabama probably has more raw talent than Auburn does. But, but yeah, you know, it basically comes down to a field goal, and you know that in games, Alabama is not good at kicking field goals, and that's why they miss more since Dick Saban took over in 07 than any other team in the country since then. I think 100... such a weird stat. It is. It's just so crazy that... Like, like I understand, even if you recruit great kids, you know, sometimes kickers don't pan out or you have problems, but it's just so weird that, like, just routinely, when it's just like, oh, yep, Alabama missed a big kick again. It's like 101 field goals, I think, right? I think that's... Yeah, it was like eight more than any other FBS team. And I I not looked at any other stats, but, you know, I think it's fair to say that, you know, you start throwing it back in Sunbelt teams that aren't good at kicking, that, you know, they're probably not recruiting, in theory, the same caliber kicker that Alabama's getting. But, But for whatever reason, you know, they come through in the clutch in so many other spots, but not... Not a I mean, we've we've talked before about LSU's inability to get a quarterback in the SEC or the SEC kind of in general, not being able to recruit the the great quarterbacks. And now this year, of course, we have, we see what Joe Burrow does and 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 Tua. But I mean, for Alabama to it's not be able like to get that. a kicker, the only thing is, I would switch to what you're saying is, it's not that they can't recruit them. They recruit kids that are supposed to be really good. Right. They just end up not paying it out for and, whatever reason. Yeah, and maybe that's because maybe, of the defense. Like, and I should say, to be fair, you know, like eh, Alabama won national titles in 2011 and 20, or not 2011, they missed something against Auburn, but, you know, in 2012 and 2015, and I don't remember missing any big kicks then, so I don't think it's every season, but for a school as good as they are, it's so strange that it's just like not, you know, two or three times it's like there have been just so many times where it's just like how did that happen again there games of large magnitude then obviously they get a little yeah i mean i guess i guess they're like florida state under bobby bowden in the late 80s through the early 2000s where it was just like oh 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 i guess they needed a field goal against miami and of course they didn't make it because they never make those big field goals against the hurricanes exactly uh elsewhere of course uh Marcus's Golden Gophers, my Golden Gophers, uh, they lose to Wisconsin uh, pretty soundly. I mean, for Wisconsin to be able to adjust their game plan as quickly as they did, because Minnesota was all about stopping the run with Jonathan Taylor, and they did a good job of it. And then Wisconsin said, okay, we're just going to throw it on you. And they threw it time and time again in Minnesota could not stop them, and that was the difference in the game. And also, when Minnesota decided to not go for it on fourth and two from their own 35, 
I think that's what, it, or from the Wisconsin 35, that's when momentum kind of changed early in the game. And I know Kirk Herbstreit didn't have a problem with it. Chris Fowler did. Uh, and now looking back, it's like, yeah, maybe we should have gone for it and, you know, kept putting the pedal to the metal and see if we could get, you know, a 10 nothing, 14 nothing lead. That might have changed the outcome of the game. I think I agree that they should have gone for it. I don't think it would have changed the outcome. I think it was just a case, you know, that you see it late time or late season games, whether it's for a division or a conference type of team. Or game that one team just runs into a buzzsaw, and I I don't remember the final. What was the final score? Thirty-eight to seventeen. And it was seventeen, and you know, with Minnesota scoring late, that you know, you, you talk about the passing of Wisconsin, and you should. It was no work. I would just also throw in the Wisconsin defense that you know, yeah. played played incredibly well, and you know, I, I think when it was ten, when it would still or ten points, when it still kind of mattered, if I remember right. Yeah, it was seventeen to ten, and then Wisconsin. It was seventeen to ten, Wisconsin. Minnesota just kicked a field goal to get within one possession, and then, like you know, five plays later, Wisconsin has twenty-four, and then quickly they get to thirty-one again. It was, I mean, it was just insane how fast yeah, they so got I mean, there. Minnesota scored seventeen, but with the game in doubt, they only got to ten. And yeah. it's just, I mean, even even with bad inclement weather, you know, it's still. I mean, if you can, you hold teams to ten. You're usually, I mean, I realize it was 17, but, but to 10 when it matters, you're going to win a lot of those games. And Wisconsin's really good on defense and I think was probably more motivated to win this than other ones, not just for uh, a chance to win or to win the division and a chance to play in the conference title game and go to the Rose Bowl, but also, you know, got embarrassed last year against Minnesota and that was probably something that had grinded their gears at times over the offseason. Absolutely. And, I, you know, unfortunately, the weather played a role or a factor in it. And I think if if the game's played in sunny conditions, maybe it changes. Uh, and I will say this. I think if Minnesota gets up 14 nothing, then they can expect Wisconsin maybe to throw a little bit more. Um, maybe, but they threw it pretty well. They I did. Mean, anyways. They did. Um, and, and like all of this too, I mean, I get it, but you know, it sucks when your team has a chance to do something and blows it in that fashion. But I mean, this shouldn't detract from you know Minnesota when ten and two had the best season in forever and could possibly get a New Year's Six bowl. And if they're not going to a New Year's Six bowl, they're they're at worst case scenario going to a really nice January first bowl game in Florida, which is still to some people it's not as big of a deal now in the playoff area, but. It's, it's still an accomplishment that should be no It's be, given Minnesota's history, recent history, absolutely, and I even think that not, even without that, I mean, unless you're a top ten team, you know, right? I think you should be like, hey, we won ten regular season games, and we're going to a pretty good bowl game. Like, should still be looked at like, hey, this was a successful year where we did pretty well. Absolutely, uh, Minnesota dropped to 18th in the playoff rankings, though that were released Tuesday night. I. I don't know how you can fall 10 spots. That That's ridiculous to me. Seems like a lot, but I don't know. The playoff rankings are weird at times. Penn State barely beat Rutgers. Far, but yeah. I mean, Penn State's still ranked number 10, and they barely beat Rutgers. I, 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 just, I guess I don't see why you would drop them 10 spots because it's not like Minnesota lost to Rutgers or, you know... San Jose State, no, they, they lost, lost to two top twenty-five teams. Yeah, 
and I, I hope that this doesn't take them out of one of those big games. And I and I think that you know PJ Flex going to continue to get Minnesota into these types of games, into the the conversation for the Big Ten West titles and and stuff like that. It just didn't happen this year. It it could happen next year. Uh, their schedule is somewhat favorable, but. I guess when it comes to this, I, I was very surprised to see them drop 10 spots. I haven't seen the rankings yet. I've warned it today, but I, I would not have guessed it all that far. That surprises me a bit. So let me give you the top six then in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, who, who are the, who are the uh, yeah, sorry. Oh, well, okay. I was going to ask the top three, but the top six works too. Let, let's go number six. Uh, uh, oh, we're doing this ESPN style. Yes. I like it. Yep. They're old. Do you want to tell me or do you want me to try to guess? Yeah, why don't you guess? All right, so number six, I'm going to say, is Oklahoma. Correct, correct, correct. Number five. I'm going to guess number five is Utah. Yep, number four. So therefore, four must be Georgia. Yep. I'm assuming Clemson's still at three then. Yep. All right, so then the only thing is I got to figure out which one's which. Sometimes they do weird stuff. I'm going to guess that they jumped LSU to one and Ohio State's two. Now. Oh nope, LSU's two, Ohio State's one. LSU's two and Ohio State's still one. Yep. Ah, that's fair. But if, I, honestly, I'd be okay with those two either way. I, you can put either one and one, and I'm not going to say that's wrong. It, but if they but, both have looked really good against like impressive schedules too. But if LSU beats Georgia. Then LSU is going to jump to number one. I mean, they have to. There's no way. I mean, uh, maybe. I mean, Wisconsin is ten two now, right? Um, yes. And what's Wisconsin ranked in the college football playoff polls? Uh, I think eight. Let me pull that up here. Eight. I don't number know eight. If beating the number five team is really that much more impressive than beating the number eight team. Like I'll grant you, it's marginal impressive. I mean, certainly, if, if if LSU wins forty-five to six, and Ohio State wins twenty-four twenty-one, I would be a hundred percent okay with LSU jumping up. But and I don't think just LSU beating Georgia should merit them jumping up, regardless of the other of the Big Ten title. Well, let me let me throw this out here as well as a as a potential factor in this. Georgia's going to be without their top two wide receivers for minimum the first half. Um, I haven't heard the suspensions uh, or additional suspensions for the wide receiver who got in a fight with Georgia Tech over the weekend, but they're already without one of their top wide their top wide receiver uh, who hurt his ankle, so he's gone. So Georgia's going to be without two of their best wide receivers for minimum the first half. That's going to significantly hinder an offense that is already struggling to score and put up points. It's true. I agree with that. I don't think their game plan. I, I don't know if it's going to work. It might not. My guess is Georgia is going to try to deflate the football, possess the ball, go three yards or three and a half yards. But is this deflate game two point Is Tom Brady involved? I think they're going to basically just they're going to try to basically like nineteen seventies Big Ten like run out the you know or do what Stanford did uh, does against Oregon a lot of the time. And just be like, all right, we know your offense is much better than ours. We're going to try to wear out your fine but nothing special defense, keep your offense on the field. And they've got a good running game. So I, and I don't know if it'll work or not, but I would imagine 
And I, I was wrong last week when I said that if Auburn was going to beat Alabama, it has to be a low-scoring football game. <laughs> that, that turned out not to be the case. I think if Georgia's going to beat LSU, it's definitely going to have to be a low-scoring football game. I think it's incredibly unlikely that Georgia somehow wins like 45-41. If Georgia wins, I think it's like 24-21 when the, the dogs play the defensive game of their lives. Yes, no doubt about it. Absolutely agree with you on that. Um, I, I mean, the getting the the number one overall seed is pivotal this year because you don't want to face Clemson in that semifinal game, and so LSU is going to need to look. The style points are going to matter, and I think the style points will matter more for them than it will for Ohio State against Wisconsin, which is why maybe it would be good if Wisconsin can keep it close with Ohio State. That'll help LSU, but you don't want to face Clemson at all. Uh, regarding, no, but I mean, you don't want to face any of the top three teams, right? I, but this is a like this is a different Clemson. This would be a different three seed than I think we've seen in the college football playoff. Which, by the way, Alabama's not going to be in the college football playoff for the first time ever uh, in the six years or whatever that the that the. There's been a playoff. Alabama's been in it every year. They aren't in that anymore. This Clemson's a scary team. I would not want to face them in the semifinal. I'll take. True, but I know Ohio State's played Clemson a couple times this decade. I honestly hope LSU and Clemson play in the first round just because I don't know the last time they played each other, and I would want to watch that game. And if that's, it's more just me being like, you know what? That's something I want to see. If you talk, or, or, or I guess Ohio State and LSU. I, I don't know the last time they played either. I just know Clemson played Ohio State in the semifinals like three or four years ago. And then they played in the um, back when it was, I think, still the BCS. And the BCS mm-hmm. were like two years before that. And I don't know. I just think it, it would be fun to see two Southern teams from different conferences with one of them not being Alabama right. play in like a super, or for that matter, I guess even Georgia or Georgia. Just be like, oh yeah, LSU Clemson. Yep, mark me down that I want to watch that game. Well, I mean, for sure the Tigers would win that game and the Tigers would lose. So that's that's true. Good point. If you talk yeah, the sports betting's legal in Iowa, I guess that's what I'll do. I'll walk into a casino and say, put fifty down on the Tigers for me. Exactly. And if hopefully they aren't too uh, smart enough to be like, hey, which Tiger? Uh, just like, hey, the Tigers. They're going to win. Uh, so if Utah beats Oregon on Friday night in the Pac-12 championship game. They're in, provided that Georgia loses. I mean, I, I think we, we we both agree on this, right? There's nothing that Baylor... I don't know if I do. I think they should be. I think it's going to be interesting, though. I I thought we were going to touch on this when we did the, uh, the Sunday radio, or Sunday show. Yep. We didn't really get into it. I hope, I hope LSU wins, and I hope both Utah and Oklahoma win. Just curiosity of my part, I want to see this. The brand of Oklahoma, where I think committees, when you get multiple people in a room together deciding on things, like choosing comfortable things. And Oklahoma's made the playoff the last two years. Didn't win either time, but didn't get embarrassed. You know, that Georgia-Oklahoma game was fantastic. And I know they got down early against Alabama, but it wasn't like they got blown out, and their offense certainly came to play that day. And part of me wonders if they're just going to be more comfortable taking Oklahoma as opposed to a Utah team that, you know, hasn't been this good since 2008, I think, mm-hmm. and certainly has not made the playoffs. 
if they, I, I think Utah, if they win, should get in. I mean, I'm interested to see if they would because as you and I both know, you know, brands are important, and whether they should be important in the college football debate or not, it seems like at times they are, and. I, I'm intrigued to see what would happen. Like, like I think the first year in the playoffs, they made the right decision with Ohio State based off the criteria they had and everything. Yep. And that's even without the fact that Ohio State went on to win the title that year. But certainly, I think we can agree that Ohio State's a much stronger brand than TCU or Baylor is. Can you imagine? Part of it that's just like, well, I mean, and the other thing is, it's I, I don't think you can pick Oklahoma or Utah. Certainly, if you're a Utah fan, you're going to hate it. But it's not like Oklahoma, some Johnny Triard nine and three team that right. like doesn't deserve to be on the field with some of these other teams either. So I, 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 I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see. If Utah doesn't make it, if they win and Georgia loses, they are, are there's going to be the West Coast is going to be irate. I think a lot of college football fans will be irate too. Because Utah should be in over Oklahoma. Oklahoma has been very unimpressive over the last month of the season. With you know, it's fairly impressive against them. I mean, not a great, but a pretty good Oklahoma State team this weekend. Okay, the Oklahoma State game aside, they struggled with TCU. They almost lost to Iowa State. They probably should have lost to Baylor. If we're being honest here, it was a very good. But I don't think we. I agree with your point overall, but I don't think we should fault them for barely beating a one-loss top-ten Baylor team. No, I mean, and and that's absolutely fair. But Utah is is so good across the board in all these offensive categories, and they are taking care of business the way that Oklahoma should be. And because they aren't, I just I think you, I think Utah's in. Oklahoma would have to shut out Baylor or beat them by like forty for that for the committee to say like, oh, okay, yeah, I think we should take Utah over. Uh, or we should take Oklahoma over Utah. I, uh, that's just me, I guess. I, uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. If they both win, I think it should be Utah. But I'm very interested to see how this works. Where I mean, just because I, I mean, I, I don't know what will happen. Any other thoughts uh, from rivalry week? Anything else uh, catch your eye? Um, I'm running through stuff in my head. Uh, the early games were not great, I remember. I mean, obviously, Ohio State looked pretty good against Michigan, again, and yep. like always. I remember being, I mean, it, it, it was good at the end, this other game I'm going to talk about, but I did not go into rivalry Saturday thinking, you know what, at the end of the 11 a.m. game, we'll be watching Purdue and Indiana because that's going to be by far the best game on. Yep. And that yep. surprised me a little bit. Uh, Actually, I didn't even know Purdue or that Indiana won until a day later because once it hit 2.30, I was like, all right, Auburn, Alabama, one channel, and then Minnesota, Wisconsin, channel return. Yep, yep, nope, I, I agree there. Uh, that Indiana-Purdue game was very good. Of course, uh, Georgia, Georgia Tech had a little, they had pleasantries involved. Um, sorry, your Cornhuskers couldn't quite get it done against Iowa. That seemed like I still don't even know how that the final score of that game. I took time off. I took my lunch break to watch that. I didn't even make it to the end of the first quarter. I saw that it was 14 to 3 Iowa. Do you want I me to tell you? I my hands up in the air like the Jerry Seinfeld leaving gif and was just like, nope, not watching this. 27 24 Iowa won on a game winning field goal. 
that is not what I expected to hear. I assumed it was like forty-five to fifteen. Nope. Huh. Nope. Interesting. I'm I'm sorry if that hurts you even more. Uh, no, it doesn't. I'm okay. pretty upset at Nebraska. I don't want to think or hear about it until August of next year. Now. Okay. And all right. Well, that's what we'll we'll do then. Let's get to some. Let's pick the games for this weekend. Here, we'll start with the Pac-12. Okay, are we going to do bowl bound or, or not first? I think we should do some bowl bound, right? Well, I think we all know who the bowl bound teams are, right? You're you're welcome. I can't I can't do that for the fans out there. I can't do it for Raleigh in North Carolina. He likes us too much. It, we got to keep the integrity of bull bound or not. Um, however, I think there might be one team that gets ousted that's six and six, and and won't make it. But we'll find out who that is. Army still has a chance to get bull eligible if they beat Navy next week. Um, I don't see that happening. But no, I think Army's won two <clears throat> years in a row or something like that, and they've been against not great Navy teams, and now that Navy's good again, I think uh, sort of like Wisconsin and Minnesota, they're going to be like, you know what, we don't like that you won the last two years. We're going to make you pay for it now. Exactly. Exactly. So let's begin Friday night. There's only one game Friday night. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but so be it. It's uh, Utah against Oregon, so 5 versus 13. Uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Time on ABC. Where is this at? Is this in Santa Clara, I would imagine? Uh, I used to know that they've changed like how they do it multiple yep. times since they started having one in 2011. I, I don't even know. Yep, it is Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. I think it's going to be in Las Vegas next year, which makes much more sense. But uh, who's going to win, Utah or Oregon? Well, Saki, you know what we haven't had happen in a while? Chaos. We haven't had the one, only one team of the, in the conference title game can make the or make the playoff or the national title game, and that team's been upset and lost. And you know, all season long, people were like, "I don't know." For so long, people were like, "Oh, back twelve out of it." I was like, "I don't know if they are." And now that they have a chance to do it. I think they're going to shoot themselves in the foot. I think Oregon, Oregon beats Utah. Oh, no. Poor Utah. I I can't disagree with that, though. I mean, that's... I'm going to pick Utah, but... I, I certainly could see the Ducks uh, mucking things up. Saturday, then. We have nine championship games on Saturday. So we'll pick them all here. Big 12 championship game is first. Noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time on ABC. Both teams 11-1. The seven, number seven Baylor versus number six Oklahoma. I think it goes exactly the way the first game went. Where really? Baylor jumps up big, all excited, and Oklahoma claws back and just tears Baylor's heart out. I'm going to go Baylor in this one. I think. I th- I just think that they are going to do enough. They're going to learn from what happened in Waco. I think Baylor's going to top them. Can't believe I'm saying it, but I think Baylor's going to win. Uh, it can I mean, I, that doesn't seem crazy. Sun Belt. Well, it would be crazy if well, we'll get to there. Sun Belt Conference Championship, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN, 10 and 2 Louisiana against 21 ranked Appalachian State, 11 and 1. App State still with a chance to go to the New Year's Six. They do. I want App State to win. I'm going Louisiana. Though. Okay. Mac, cha- Mac Championship game. Uh, two teams that 
I mean, this looks like a cruddy championship game. Miami, Ohio against Central Michigan. Noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN2. The records don't really matter, but Ohio- Miami, Ohio, 7-5, and five, and Central Michigan's 8-4 and four for what it's worth. Well, and we got to go with your guy, Central Michigan, Dan LaFaber. He's a fourth-year junior now, right? I mean, he's been there for forever. Always making plays for the Chippewas. Well, I think that yeah, it was Central Michigan, but I think Ben Roethlisberger has some eligibility left. So <laughs> for Miami, Ohio, he's great in the pros. I think he would probably look pretty good against some college kids in the back. And just seeing, looking at the the quarterbacks, I see there's a quarterback from Miami, Ohio, uh, B. Gabbert. I don't Blaine Gabbert really uh, looks a lot younger now, and I didn't know he transferred to Miami, Ohio. Uh, and because it's playing Gabbert playing, I'll go Central Michigan. Makeup companies don't want you, you know, like skin trips. You know, those come on ads. You see yes. Yep. The banner ads where the old lady's peeling her face off. Yep. Half super young and half old. That's what Blaine Gabbert does. <laughs> uh, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, 12.30 p.m. Central Time on the CBS Sports Network. Conference USA Championship game. Both teams 9-3. and three. Both teams with the three-letter acronyms. UAB against FAU. Who you got? You know what? I'm going to go with FAU and Lane Kiffin. I think I would rather see UAB win, but I don't know. There's something about that gift starter. Didn't have a great year last year, but it's good again this year, and it was obviously good two years ago. Lane Kiffin wins, and I don't know. Maybe he turns it into the Arkansas job. I also will take FAU in this one. Another team that uh, likely will get the, uh, the, the, the New Year's Six bid if they win Number 17, Memphis, against number 20, Cincinnati in the American Athletic Conference Championship game. 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on ABC. Uh, Memphis is 11-1, Cincinnati's 10-2. Who do you like? I like Memphis. I know two years ago they lost that overtime game to UCF. Was it Memphis last year? I don't know if it was Memphis last year in the AAC title game also. I'm going Memphis this year. I, want, I think it was last year, too. Maybe? I can't remember for sure. And their coach probably could spin this into a head coaching job if he wants. I, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Um, I know he's a young Norvell. guy. Norvell. Who I think has like streaks of gray in his hair yes. already. Uh, Nor- Norvell, I think, is his last name. What's that? Norvell is his last name. Yeah, Mike Norvell. That's right. Yep. Yeah. I will I go. Who knows where he wants to go? I will go Memphis. Maybe he'll be the Florida State coach. You never know. You never know. But Arkansas wouldn't be a far drive for him. So, uh, uh, SEC championship game, 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central Time on CBS, 11-1 Georgia against 12-0 LSU. Fourth-ranked Georgia versus second-ranked LSU. I'm all on the Tigers here. I think they're just going to they're gonna take care of business against Georgia. Uh, even though LSU's defense isn't that good and Georgia's defense is, I think LSU wins fairly easily. I think LSU's going to win comfortably. I don't think it's going to be a bloodbath. I think it's going to be something like, I don't know, like 42 to 24 in a game that's like kind of close for a while and LSU pulls away because they're better but doesn't like absolutely run them off the field. Yep, I can, I can definitely now, see that. Here's the interesting thing, too. Let's assume that Oregon beats Utah on Friday. So then if LSU loses to Georgia, 
it seems like it's the Oklahoma Baylor winner. So if you get your pick and Baylor wins, Baylor, who just two years ago was one in eleven, could be in the playoff two years later. It would be the most miraculous turnaround. I get UCF went from, you know, oh and twelve to thirteen and L in two years, and that's very impressive. It would be even more impressive doing it in the power five conference. See, so, I, th- I think then, if like, I'm sorry, go ahead. I think if Georgia wins, then the four playoff teams will remain as such unless Clemson or Ohio State lose. Oh, yeah, that's right. Georgia would have to get in. We'd need Clemson to lose also. Sorry. I yeah. got ahead of myself. I forgot that Georgia only has the one loss. But you are right that Baylor... So we would need Clemson to lose. Right. I, and I don't think Clemson's going to lose. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Clemson's going to beat Virginia. I know you're sad your Hokies lost to Virginia. Yeah. Um, I think First time in, in 15 years. It's good because it's possible Clemson wins by 15. They're 28 and a half point favorites over Virginia. I mean, that's a, that championship game, by the way, the ACC championship game, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ABC. I mean, we're both taking Clemson. There, there's no, there's no, yeah. uh, like. I think there's like, a, there's a realistic way that it's not as bad as we think it's going to be, but even then, I think they still win comfortably. And I just, uh, I mean, outside of like 28 Clemson players being suspended at the last minute. Like, I, I, you know, Virginia might cover, I guess, but I don't even think they're going to cover the 28 and a half points spread. No. The only way I can see Baylor getting in is they would have to beat Oklahoma and Oregon would have to beat Utah and LSU have to beat Georgia. Which isn't inconceivable, but... Oregon's the biggest piece in that puzzle. Yeah. But, uh, the the Mountain West Championship game, which isn't really much of a championship game since it's going to be played on the home field of the Boise State Broncos. Uh, 9-4 Hawaii against 11-1 Boise State. 19th ranked Boise State, so they got a chance at the playoff as well. Uh, that's 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. I think you mean the New Year's Six, but not the playoff. I that's that's what I meant. Yes, New Year's Six. Yeah, and I said, yep. Yep, that's what I meant. New Year's Six. I'm taking Boise State. I also am. Some people don't like it. I like that. I like the idea of, especially for the group of five teams where their championship games aren't going to get 40,000 people there, let alone the occasion you get 70,000 like for the SEC mm-hmm. or a Big Ten one where both teams are ranked high and have title aspirations. But when, when you're not going to sell out or even come close to selling out a large venue, I think it makes sense to do it at the home team sites so you can get more people there and I also just kind of like the idea especially where you know one team has a better record to be like okay now now if both teams are 11 and 1 then sometimes it's tougher and a team gets screwed a little bit but yep. I like the idea of you know like, I guess it's like the NFL man. it's like you earn home field advantage the other team's going to beat you they got to do it on your home field I guess that's the same way with the Sun Belt too I just looked App State is the um they're the it's it's in Boone, North Carolina. So App State is going to be the de facto home team, as is the Florida Atlantic in Conference USA. So uh, the the Mountain West is not the only conference that is doing this. And then finally, number one Ohio State against number eight Wisconsin, twelve and zero uh, versus ten and two. Eight p.m. Eastern, seven p.m. Central Time on Fox Big Ten Championship game. Any chance Ohio State loses? 
I think there's a chance. I don't think this is going to be like two years ago where it was like, what, 28-21, Ohio State won over Wisconsin, and Wisconsin, like, had a chance driving late to tie it. Was that where, the, like, the turf got pulled off up the... Yeah, that was that game. I yep. think that was two years ago, because last year, Ohio State beat Northwestern. Yes. I still don't know how Northwestern made the conference title. Yeah, me, me either. I think it's probably going to be like what I thought the SEC title game was going to be like, which I had LS 42-24. I think this is going to be like, I don't know, like 35-17 Ohio State, something like that, where, you know, Wisconsin valiantly plays defense for a half, maybe two and a half quarters, but the offense doesn't do anything. And they just have to keep putting their defense out of the field in bad positions. And they just slowly start start cracking as they're off the field more. And Ohio State wins wins comfortably by 18 points. Okay, so they would cover because right now they're 16.5-point favorites. I, too, will take Ohio State. Uh, so it should be a fun week, championship football. Uh, SDSU is going to beat Northern Iowa, right? I think so. I mean, if I remember, yeah, now obviously SDSU said injuries. I think you and I had some guys out in the game that the Jacks won handling. And I don't know if they're back yet or not. I think SDSU wins. I don't think they're going to win like they did the first time. Where the what, it was like like thirty-five to ten or something like that. Yeah, they uh, thirty-eight to seven. I think was what happened in Brookings a few weeks back. Yeah, I, I, I think SDSU wins. I don't know. Let's say thirty to twenty. In a game that's closer than you would want your first game to be if you're South Dakota State, but they still win. Very good. Thank you, Charlie. And anything else uh, before we say so long? I mean, not too much. I'm looking forward to these uh, conference championship games. And like I said, I'm most looking forward to I mean, I picked Oregon. I hope Utah wins. I hope Oregon wins. And I want to see the, the people in the room not pick the brand name or if they or if they do. I would agree. I hope so as well. And then, uh, you know what? In just a couple of weeks, then bowl game starts. So uh, we'll have you on, and we'll, we'll pick the bowl games here. That'll be a lot of fun, like we did last year. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a blast. Yes, it will. Thank you, Charlie. Yep. Thank you. Have a good one, Zach. You too, Charlie Hildebrand, joining us here. Uh, always appreciate his time, as always. Uh, great stuff there. So. Got all the picks in. Uh, it should be a fantastic week for the college football conference championship games. Let's uh, wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. We'll look back at week 13 in the NFL, make some picks for week 14, as we always do here during the NFL season here on the Sports Block Podcast. Uh, Thanksgiving triple header. The Chicago Bears went into Detroit, beat some guy named, named David Blau, who, you know, he did throw a 75 yard touchdown on his first career pass. Or first, first career completion. However, the Bears ultimately beat Detroit twenty-four to twenty. Trubisky, three hundred plus yards or three hundred yards passing. First time in sixteen games. Wow. Uh, Josh Allen and the Bills—they're for real. They spank the Dallas Cowboys twenty-six to fifteen. Dallas scored the first touchdown of the game on their first drive of the game. It looked like things were going to go really well for them. And the wheels fell off the wagon soon after that. Uh, Buffalo's defense took care of business. Josh Allen ran for a touchdown. It's fantastic. The Bills win 26-15. to Saints got revenge over Atlanta in Atlanta on Thanksgiving night to complete the Thanksgiving Day tripleheader. They beat the Falcons 26-18. to uh, And in doing so, claim their 
claim the NFC South title. So congrats to the Saints. Stunner in uh, Charlotte on Sunday. Uh, Washington beat Carolina 29-21. Carolina jumped out to an early 14-0 lead. And Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson said, yeah, enough of this. Uh, over 200, like 250 yards rushing for Washington in this one. They win their second straight. And, uh, they, yeah, they beat Carolina 29-21. And now Ron Rivera, head coach of the Panthers, is fired. Guess what? The Cincinnati Bengals have won their first home game or first game of the season. They beat the Jets at home 22 to 6. Fewer than 40,000 people saw this one. It's the smallest crowd ever at Paul Brown Stadium, but congratulations to the Bengals for getting that win. It's the first win in the Zach Taylor era. Andy Dalton did very well for the Bengals in this one and getting the win. Uh, the Jets are the first they the first team in NFL history to lose to two teams 0-7 or worse in the same season. I think that's the case. Not good for them. Tennessee, I I asked for them to prove it to me. They did. Tied at 17 in the, the third quarter or fourth quarter. They block an Adam Vinatieri field goal, run it back all the way for a touchdown. Take the 24-17 lead. They would go on to win 31-17. They were actually trailing 17-7 against the Colts and scored the final 24 points. Derrick Henry. Over 100 yards rushing and a touchdown in this one. Battle of Florida goes to Tampa Bay. They take down Jacksonville 28-11. Nick Foles, three turnovers in the first half. He was benched for the second half. Subsequently, he's been benched for the rest of the season. Gardner Minshew has taken over. The Bucks. hey, they had what, fought more than you know, five sacks in this one. For some turnovers, James Winston did okay. Good job for the Bucks getting that win. It was snowing in the Meadowlands for the Green Bay and New York, uh, Green Bay Packers, New York Giants game. That favors Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Rodgers threw four touchdowns. Packers get back on the win, uh, win column. They beat the Giants handedly, 31 to 13. Perhaps a stunner of the day in Miami, where the Philadelphia Eagles inexplicably lose 37-31 to the tanking Dolphins. The Eagles had a 28 to 14 lead and. Miami would score 23 straight points. And the Eagles kicked the late field goal, tried to get an onside kick. It didn't work. They got the ball back. Had a Hail Mary chance, but didn't get it. The defense is just atrocious for them. Don't get it at all. Carson Wentz actually played fairly well in this one. But uh, Miami gets the 37-31 win. The game of the weekend lived up to the hype. The Baltimore Ravens take down San Francisco 20-17 in monsoon-like conditions. It was raining sideways during this game. Justin Tucker hits the game-winning 49-yard field goal. Lamar Jackson over 100 yards rushing. This one is fourth 100-yard rushing game of the year. That is an NFL record. Both teams tend to and certainly could see this as a Super Bowl rematch. Speaking of rematches, uh, the Steelers get the best of the Browns, 20-13, in a game that had to have tasted, the victory tasted very well, for the very good for the Steelers, given that just you know a few weeks back was the Miles Garrett helmet incident on Mason Rudolph. Browns jumped out to a 10-0 lead. Baker Mayfield hurt his throwing hand. That was a factor in this one, but the Steelers win 20-13. Jared Goff apparently just needed a get-well game against the Cardinals because that's exactly what he got. Goff throws for over four for 424 yards through the air, uh, and LA just thumps the Cardinals 34 to seven. Game that wasn't even all that close. Are the Rams back on track? I don't know for sure, but 
was a good win for them nonetheless. Kansas City Chiefs in a very windy day in Arrowhead in uh, in Kansas City. Chiefs get the 40-9 win over Oakland. Oakland just fails to show up uh, in a big game. Mahomes, 175 yards passing. He did have a rushing touchdown. Chiefs had a defensive touchdown as well. Not a good look for the Raiders, but uh, the Chiefs get a big win, and they are essentially your de facto AFC West champions because they've swept the season series with the Raiders. And with four to play, highly unlikely the Chiefs are going to blow this bad and the Raiders are going to come back. I don't think so. Chargers have once again found a way to, to lose a game that they should not have. They get pass interference called against them with like three seconds left. The Broncos kick a game-winning field goal. Brandon McManus, 53-yard game-winning field goal. The Broncos win 23-20. Drew Locke, rookie from Missouri, gets his first win. He played well in this one. Sunday Night Football, the Texans. uh, Deshaun Watson was great in this one. He throws three touchdowns, catches another one on a nice little pass from DeAndre Hopkins. I I think it was a pitch. I don't think it should be. Considered a passing touchdown or a receiving touchdown for Watson, but they upend the Patriots 28 to 22. Patriots offense is in they're bad right now, and the Patriots 0 2 in their last two Sunday night football games. Defense struggled as well, and then Monday night football. Of course, the Seahawks beat the Vikings 37 to 30. Seahawks ran for over 200 yards against the Vikings defense. Anthony Harris did score a defensive touchdown for the Vikings, but the defense overall struggled mightily, and Kirk Cousins had a chance, though they, they were down 34-17, made it 34-30, had a chance late in the game to drive them down and get the win. Couldn't do it. A couple of bad incompletions, uh, so he falls to 0-8 in his career. Monday Night Football, the Seahawks with the win now are in a tie with San Francisco for first place in the NFC West. They currently are hold a tiebreaker because they beat San Francisco in San Francisco a few weeks back on Monday Night Football. Now let's make our picks for Week 14 in the NFL. And it begins Thursday night with the Dallas Cowboys at the Chicago Bears, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Both teams 6-6, six six, both teams disappointing. At some point, though, you got to get the win. I'll take the Cowboys to beat the Bears in this one, the more talented team. Washington at Green Bay, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. These games are on Sunday. No way Washington wins three in a row. Give me Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Denver Broncos at the Houston Texans, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Big win for both teams last week. Texans better not look past Denver. It could happen. I don't think it will, though. I'll take the Texans over the Broncos. What a good game this is. Baltimore Ravens at the Buffalo Bills, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Who would have thought that this game would feature two teams with a combined record of 19-5? and I'm going to take Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, but the Bills, they are going to make things difficult for them. I'll take Baltimore, though. Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. The Browns need this one to stay in the playoff discussion They'll take care of the Bengals and get the win. Game of the week in New Orleans, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. It is the San Francisco 49ers at the New Orleans Saints. 49ers staying on the East Coast after that loss to Baltimore. I think they're the better team than New Orleans. I will take the 49ers to take down the Saints in what should be a great game. 
How about the uh, Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons? 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Ron Rivera just fired. What kind of effort will the Panthers show? I don't know. The Falcons stink too. I'll take the Falcons, though I don't say that with a great deal of confidence at all. They had three home games against divisional opponents, and they could lose all three. That's not a good look, Dan Quinn. I'll take the Falcons, though. Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Jets need some better effort here than what you showed last week. Dolphins are playing harder. I'll take the Jets at home, but it's not going to be easy. Indianapolis Colts at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Listen, the Colts are struggling here as of late. Don't know if T.Y. Hilton is playing Marlon Mack. I think they will. That should help them, but Bucks are playing well right now. I'm going to take Tampa Bay over Indianapolis. Uh, the Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Dalvin Cook playing or not. The Vikings are going to take care of business against David Blau and the Detroit Lions. Vikings win easily. The voice continues to go even horse and horse. Worse and worse. 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. The L.A. Chargers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Chargers fight, keep finding ways to lose these games. They're going to find a way to win this one. Jaguars going to fall again. Let's take the Chargers. Pittsburgh Steelers at the... Arizona Cardinals, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Cardinals can't play any worse than they did last week against L.A. I don't think the Steelers are a better team, but they're that much of a better team than Arizona. But I, I'll take the Steelers. Tennessee Titans at the Oakland Raiders, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Tennessee, if you are for real. I, th- I said this last week. If you're for real, you'll beat the Colts on the road. But game in Oakland, Oakland playing poorly the last couple weeks. I'm going to take Oakland for the win here. Kansas City Chiefs at the New England Patriots, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. I'm leaning towards the Chiefs in this one. I'm leaning towards Mahomes and company getting the best of that Chiefs defense. The Patriots offense struggling. The Chiefs defense presents an opportunity to get well. But I'm going to take the more explosive offense. I'll take the Chiefs. Then uh, Seattle Seahawks at the LA Rams, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Are the Rams for real? We'll find out in this one. I'll take Seattle. I'll take Russell Wilson and company. The Rams, though, they get the win. They can show us a lot. And then Monday Night Football, New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. No way the Giants win. Eagles all day long. Those are your week 14 picks. Official picks and predictions can be found in the stack. Stackattack.sportsblog.com The voice is leaving, so uh, thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. We'll be back next week with more uh, football talk. Charlie will be back in a couple weeks. We'll start previewing the bowl games. We'll know uh, who's in the college football playoff next week. Uh, So... For Travis, Charlie, I am Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Black Podcast, now available on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at NDStackin. Travis Crins at Travis Crins. Charlie Hildebrand at CE Hildebrand. Link to the podcast post in the middle to a later part of each week. Facebook, Nathan Stackin. And again, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And hope you tune in again next week for another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stackin saying thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great week, everyone.